Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Fantasy sports. There's so much tweaking around with the points, it becomes problematic. And, and I did enjoy the points league, Adam, way more than I thought I would. But isn't there like a, a consistent point strategy that we can just employ and we don't have to tweak it all this time? There's no universal scoring system for points leagues. You know, everything is different. And maybe that's what needs to be done is try and come up with a more universal scoring system. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance card. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. All right, Adam Ronis, I just saw this. I don't know if you saw this literally seconds ago. Patriots owner Robert Kraft could have solicitation of prostitution charges against him dropped with one key condition. He needs to admit that if the charges hadn't been dropped, prosecution would have resulted in conviction. The criminal charges will go away if Kraft makes that admission, if he completes an education course about prostitution, if he performs 100 hours of community service, if he's screened for an STD, and if he pays some of the court costs. What would you do if you were Robert Kraft? Uh... Probably do it, but I, I'd have to think about it and look at all the alternatives. I mean, I guess this is, it'll be interesting to see what happens if Kraft declines your offer, especially telling the prosecutors that they believe they can prove guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in court. They should go ahead and try. But if they were confident of victory, why would they offer this deal? Why offer this deal at all? That's also true. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. That you kind of have to sit down and evaluate all sides. I don't even know how this makes sense. So if you didn't drop the charges, I would have been convicted. But since you're dropping them, I'm not. I mean, I don't, get, I don't get that. I get the whole education. I get the community service. I get the STD. I get the court costs. I can live with all that. Why would I admit to the fact that if you, if you prosecuted me, I would have lost? What, so they just, it, it taints him a little bit? I guess that's what they're looking for. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. I, didn't, I just saw the headline, so I really don't know all the details. Yeah, so this is what it is on uh, Pro Football Talk. I just saw it here before we uh, came on the show. I, I, look, it's bad for the NFL either way with this guy in the middle of this, right? Can, we, can the NFL, does this need to be resolved before the year starts? I don't think so because it's not a player. Uh, I don't think it's, it's the Patriots. So obviously, they're a big topic, but I, I don't think it matters. Uh, I think it's fodder for those that hate the Patriots and – but uh, besides that, I don't really see it being a big issue. It's not a player. Is this a, is this a blight on the league that you need to just like get it done with? No, I mean the league has enough issues, and there's going to be more things that come up. So uh, I don't think so. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have to wait and see what happens, and see. Well, look, if they go ahead and say, "Well, can, well, charge me," what could it, what, what could happen? I mean, what is process? I mean, it depends how 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 how, how far they push him. Right? Will he get 60 days? Will it be waived anyway? I mean, you don't send a guy to jail for something like this. Yeah, and he's got money, so usually it will work out in the end for him. 
I know that is that is uh, true, Adam. You know, we also didn't talk. I guess we should have. We didn't talk much about um, Kareem Hunt finally getting the eight-game suspension. I think that's what you and I were calling. That seems about right to me. Is that right to you? Yeah, that's what I was expecting. I all along I thought it would be at least eight games, potentially more. But it's a good thing that they obviously came down with it for a while. It looked like maybe they would take a while to resolve it, but. I'm sure that the Browns probably had some intel that it was going to be eight games, and they must have been, you know what, okay, we're, we're good with that. We'll take a shot. It's a one-year deal. We're not paying them a ton. So that's my guess is what happened there. They had an idea that it was going to be eight games. I mean, that seemed reasonable. I was thinking that maybe it'd be 10 to 12 as a high, but it was never going to be. In my mind, I never thought it's six games, right? I always thought that six wasn't, too, wasn't enough or something like this, especially with the video. I never know with the NFL because we had no video. We had a prosecutor who led an investigation who said there was nothing there with Zeke, and he got six games. So I, I don't know what the NFL does. So I, I, assuming that, that, that Hunt is actually at eight games, which he is, can you draft Nick Chubb in the first round? Yeah, I think you can, or early second if you believe in him. Obviously, the offense takes another step up with the addition of Beckham. Uh, you know, eight games is like half the season. So what if Chubb goes out there and performs like he did last year, why would you want to disrupt that with Kareem Hunt coming in? I mean, Chubb is not a natural receiver at the very least. Wouldn't you bring Kareem think, Hunt in on third downs? I think Chubb is a better receiver than people think. He just didn't got the opportunity. I mean, you remember that touchdown that he caught in tight coverage in the end zone? You know, I just don't – I think he can – but, yeah, maybe they do bring it home a little bit. But still, Chubb is going to get the opportunity to finish off drive. So is there some risk? Yes, because maybe the role changes come playoff time. But, you know, if that team's 6-2 and two and Chubb is doing what he did last year, why do you disrupt that? Remind me of this comment as we get closer to football season. I think drafting Nick Chubb can win you, can get you to the playoffs. I don't know whether it gets you to the promised land because 8 out of 13 games he's going to be there. But those 14, 15, 16, maybe you take a hit, and that's the problem. Uh, it's possible. I mean, I think that offense will become, and we saw it last year, they were became more of a running team when they were winning games. So if you expect them to be good again, you know, the, the same thing could happen. And that's if that true. offense is better, Chubb's going to be the guy, I think, finishing off drives. And, and getting scores. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right, it seems like we have a phone call. Adam, who's on with us? I don't know. I don't screen calls, Doc. All right. What's up, Eric? How are you? It's me once again. I had called a little while ago about my 34 years ago of my fantasy baseball league. My question is, I have Dante Bichette and Blair Guerrero in my minor leagues. More than likely, uh, uh, Blair Guerrero is going to come up. But Bichette, does he have a shot to come up halfway, one month into, or is he going to be like a no-show this year again? What do you think about Bo Bichette, Adam? I mean, I, I mean, I'm thinking late in the year, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Toronto really has no incentive to bring these guys up because they're not in contention. Uh, he is obviously starting the year in the minor leagues. I don't see him up in the first half of the season. To me, he's more of an August-September guy if he gets the call. Yeah, I think Vlad comes up right away. And I think Bichette is, I think Adam is right. I'm going to say August, September. I don't, I think he's more of a stash and cash than a guy you can trust this year. Okay. All right. So uh, uh, a good little yeah. segment would be who would be uh, traded and going to the NL to the AL? Who are these guys that are 
on their last year of the contract. The, everybody in the fantasy baseball league would like to know the majority, not the, the 10 most tradable guys to go from one league to another, just in case you play the AL only and then ML only. That's a big thing to have your guy traded away uh, in the middle of the year, like a pre coming over, something like that. Is that possible? Yeah, Thank you for the question. Yeah. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thank you for your questions. Um, that's a that's a great that's a good comment. So let's tell, let's take a look at that. Let's answer that, Adam. As long as we're here, are there I, certain guys that you think of off the top of your head? I think there's the problem with that is you overanalyze that too much. I mean, I hate doing that because you're going to say, "Well, this guy could get traded. I need to trade him now." What if he doesn't get traded? You know, that's the problem is that these teams sometimes can surprise. Yeah, there's a certain team. To me, it's mostly relievers. Relievers and closers are the ones you have to worry about because a lot of these bad teams will sign these relievers and closers with the intent to trade them. But I've seen it a lot of times where people are like, oh, this guy's going to get traded. I got to get rid of him. And he never gets dealt. So to worry about this in March, right before the season, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a couple of clear. Like, okay, so take Yasiel Puig. He's in the last year of a deal. Are you really going to trade him in an N-only league thinking, oh, he could get to the AL? What if the Reds surprise and are competitive? I think no. Yasiel Puig has a big year. I do too, but I think it's when you're at the auction and especially people who play in leagues where if your guy gets traded to the AL, you don't get any more stats and you're done. I understand. Do I that, want to it, spend the extra dollar on Puig if I think he could be an Oriole? Don't worry about that. That's in July. I mean, you, if you sit there and you worry about every little thing, you're going to draft scared no. and you're going to have a crap team. That, that's, look, I, I agree with you there, but I do think there are certain teams you know, for example, let's take the Blue Jays for a, for a second. The Blue Jays are not contenders. So if they had a guy, I'm just going to say like Kendris Morales. This dude's not doing anything. No this one dude, wants him. Well, that's, I'm just saying that's an example of a guy who some contender might take him on as a pinch hitter in the second but half. No but no one wants him. him in fantasy anyway. So that's, that's like, true. you know. I'm just going through, I'm going through the list here. I'm trying to think of, all right, what about, let's say the Diamondbacks are poo-poo. You know, do you think, uh, could they move a... But you're right. I think I'm looking at the team here. I'm saying Greg Holland. I mean, you're looking at guys in the, in the bullpen. Holland's uh, been terrible in the spring. I throwing 89-90. I mean, they were hoping that maybe he would compete for a closing spot, but could, I don't see it. Could you move Adam Jones on a one, who's on a one-year deal if, they, if he starts to look good and they know, they know they're not competing? Who wants Adam Jones? He just signed. He was out there for every team. The Indians are starved in the outfield. I mean, who wants Adam Jones in general, and who wants him on their fantasy team? He's not what he was. Yeah, no, I, I think your point is well taken. I think you can't draft scared. And if, you, if you're thinking about the guy's not going to be there, it's, pro, it, it's, it's problematic. I, I don't disagree There's with a, that. The, When those trades happen, they're, they're going to be all surprised. Right, all right, how about Starlin Castro? That's a fair one. Starlin Castro, I know he's not great, but he's a young enough guy. You know the Marlins don't want him. They want to move him. If you're in an NL-only league, would you draft Starlin Castro? And again, he's not an appealing player. He's a guy that goes for a few bucks. Yeah, I know he plays every day and it's counting stats, but uh, you're not going to have to pay a lot for Castro. And if Castro gets traded and you, you lose, then it's not because he's stolen Castro. He's the rest of your team's not good. <laughs> All right. I thought that was a pretty good one, though. I mean, because Castro, there's no way Castro's finishing the year with the Marlins. I mean, people said the same thing last year and he never got dealt. I guess that's true, too. You always, oh, this guy's going to get traded. What if he doesn't? I mean, a guy, a guy I could see is Encarnacion, but I don't know if he goes to the NL because I think he might have to DH. But there was talk when they acquired him that he, there was immediately that he was traded to, the, to Tampa Bay, and that right. didn't happen. So, you know, that's a team well, in What about Seattle. Jay Bruce? Jay Bruce, another guy, could be a gone, right? Could be. Uh, but, again, I think he's more suited for the AL right now. Uh, he's probably going to get some time, I think, at DH. 
for the Mariners, uh, and that is a guy I do like late in drafts, and I do think that there's uh, value for him in AL only because I think he will hit for power. He was hurt last year. I think Encarnacion gets traded for sure. I think Dan Vogelbach is still a good enough hitter to give him a shot at some point. I know this kid works out like a beast because he's down from my area. I mean, Bruce is fine. But, yeah, I think that's a good one other than Carnacion. I think Carnacion and Castro are, are two that jump off the page to me. But, I mean, are you thinking Carnacion is getting 30 home runs? I don't see any way he gets 30 this year. He could. Uh, I'm not really high on him for this year. I think he started to show some signs of decline. He hit 32 last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if he hit 30. But I think he's more mid-20s at this point. I mean, the Reds are the most interesting team because – they brought in a lot of guys that they have on one-year contracts with the whole way to think of being competitive. And if it doesn't work, that they'll trade some of these guys. But it's not going to scare me off from avoiding Puig in an NL-only league. I mean, what if they get off to a good start? And what if they do well? I mean, they have the opportunity. I mean, they have some intriguing pitchers. They have a couple good arms in the bullpen, and I love their lineup. So it wouldn't scare me from saying, oh, you know, I can't draft these Reds guys in their last contract because they're going to get dealt. Right. No, I, I, I see your point. I, cl- I see your point clearly. And, and I think as you know, we're, we're hashing it out, we're talking about a lot of guys here who aren't special players anyway. Like, I, I guess Encarnacion may be the best, but I don't see this guy going 30-90 anymore, Adam. I, I just don't. I'm thinking more 20-80. And, you know, if you don't have an Encarnacion, you probably still can, can win your league. Yeah, I don't. He's not a target this year. But I mean, usually it's the relievers who really get dealt. The veteran relievers, you know, and Alex Colomaya, Kelvin Herrera, guys like that. So they're not highly sought after anyway. They're you, even in an AL only league, you don't have to pay too much. Uh, but those are the guys that you have to worry about uh, being traded. Hmm. I'm trying. I'm just going through the list here. Yeah, there's nobody else who's. I mean, I know there are teams. Do you think the Rockies make any moves if they don't do well this year? Uh, they could. I, I think they expect to be competitive. Uh, that division, you know, you have the Dodgers up top. After that, it's kind of wide open. I think San Diego can be competitive. So that's the other thing, too, is sometimes you expect the team to be terrible, expect them to trade. They surprise. They're in contention. They're there for a wild card. And instead of dishing off, they're looking to acquire. So it's really tough to worry about now at your draft. I think you can really start to think about it towards the end of May and early June. And even then, Every year I see it. Oh, this guy's definitely getting dealt. Got to trade him. And he never gets dealt. So a lot of these things are, are unpredictable as much as everyone likes to say, yeah, he's going to be traded. He's not going to last. A lot of times it's unpredictable. Do you think about things like a contract year? So-and-so is in a contract year. I need to get him. Do you think like that? No, because I've seen a lot of guys in contract years fail. So, yes, it's natural if you're a human, yeah, it's my contract year. I need to do better. I need to get this money. Of course, it happens with anyone. And maybe at your job, if you know you're up for something, you're going to push a little harder. doesn't mean you're going to succeed. We've seen a lot of guys fail in contract years. So I, I don't like guys the year after signing a big contract. That's, I mean, honestly, when a guy gets, you know, the $200 million for five years, I tend not to go to his direction. So that direction means the next you, don't, you don't have Nolan Arenado, Bryce Harper, and Manny Machado in your first round. I would not take Harper in the first round. Would you take Arenado? Yeah, of course. Why? He just signed a big deal. What's the difference? He's just a really good player. He's okay. just really good. And but what I about th- Machado? I, you know, I hate Manny Machado. Can I tell you that? I, I hate him. I thought he was trash last year, Adam. 
Seriously, as a hu- I was a trash human being trying to run guys over. Did you remember that last year when he stepped yeah. on guys? I, 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 you know, and I really don't get like that because normally I don't care if you're a good guy, bad guy. I just don't like him. Maybe he's a good, he's a good player. I, I respect his ability. I just don't like him as a person, dude. I would never try to injure somebody on a field. Not a fellow competitor. I think that's low class, dude. So you're telling people not to draft him? I'm just saying he's low class. I didn't tell you not to do it. Do what you want. I'm just telling you I don't like the person. All right, guys, we're going to be back. We'll talk more fantasy baseball when we return right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called The IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Rain dance! Make it rain. Montez Perfect, this this was the 90s, okay? The 80s or 90s. We wouldn't even be having a conversation talking about what a POS he is. Bill Romanowski, one of the greatest uh, outside linebackers ever played the game, was one of the dirtiest SOBs to ever play the damn game. But Montez Perfect in this uh, era is like, he's the worst person in the world. What he is, is one hell of a linebacker. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. Dr. Roto here along with Adam Ronis. And I want you to go to play ffwc.com right now. Sign up for our March Madness draft. I had my first draft last night, Adam. I'm doing one tonight at, at 11 p.m. I had picked number one. I went on a reach and I took a team very few people would have taken, Duke University. Wow, what a stunning pick. I know. I was blown away. I was like, should Shocking. I take Duke or Duke? So I took Duke. Shocking the field. Uh, I'm sure these drafts are, are pretty quick, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. The draft is under like 22 minutes, maybe less. So it was, it was good. But, but you know what? There is strategy. There's a lot of strategy going on in this league. Like, you don't want to take Duke and then take Michigan State because they're in the same region. So you got to right. make sure you're getting different guys in different regions. You're picking the right upsets. So after I took my three teams that I liked, I literally just started cherry picking upsets. Yeah, trying to accumulate those points. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess the key is, you know, it, it, where is the the upset coming from? You know, you, you have to pick a few that you think that realistically have a shot to make the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. 
I really don't know where they're coming from. I just try to pick everyone. I thought I had a chance to pull it off. I took UC Irvine, took them. Vermont, took them. Anybody who I thought had a prayer and a half, I took them. Right. And if they, obviously, if they get the first round upset, that's big because you get the bonus points, six right. point bonus per. And if upset. I get a second, I get 11 points by that, dude. That's great. Yeah. So. Uh, that's the key. So you don't see it every year, but we never see ones consistently, usually. And I see a lot of people picking like three ones this year. Well, Duke is not losing. Not They may lose, but not in the, not, they're getting to the Final Four. I don't know whether Gonzaga gets to the Final Four. I don't know whether UNC gets to the Final Four. And certainly UVA can't shoot the ball. I don't know whether they're going to the Final Four. Yeah, UVA is never good in this tournament. Obviously, they got knocked off by a 16 last year. It's very difficult to have any confidence in them making a deep run. I mean, they're a, good, they're a great defensive team. When you're like, oh, we have a great defense, okay, but you have to score. If yeah, you don't have a score, you, you lose. Yeah, right. You can't win games in the tournament 52-50. to 50. You can maybe once, but not consistently. There's going to be a team that gets hot shooting, and you're going to have to be able to answer them. No, that's true. That's true. And I think it's guard play. And who shoots free throws well the last six minutes of the game? If you don't shoot free throws, and you got to have, that's why seniors are so important. You get a senior on the foul line at the end of the game, those guys know how to make those shots, Adam. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, that's why some of those experienced teams uh, have a little bit of an advantage at times because they've been playing together for a couple of years and they're used to some pressure spots. You like Vanilla Nova this year? Uh yeah, early early yeah, but I don't I don't see them getting to the final four. Do you have one team that's a little cray cray that you think can get to the final four? Uh potentially Florida State, uh potentially Virginia Tech. Mm, Tech is interesting. Yeah. I don't I would have liked Tech more if they didn't play Duke. Well they've you know, they know Duke. They faced them yeah. a couple times. So And Buzz Williams a very good coach. Yeah. Uh I don't do you do you see a double digit seed that could? I don't I don't see it. I see a double digit seed that can go like to the Sweet Sixteen. Murray State. Yeah, or New Mexico State, Murray State. Mm -hmm. Those teams can get to the Sweet Sixteen, no problem. But I don't know whether they go in and beat you know Kentucky. Wofford is good, but I don't think Wofford's beating Kentucky. Yeah, I mean Kentucky always gets better as the year goes along with Calipari. They always do. They really do. Is there another team? They're like that the would Patri be great if we Kentucky's like the Patriots. If we get Kentucky, North Carolina, that would be great. Yeah, that's a good game. Do you know how the Patriots get better in December and January? That is Kentucky. Kentucky's yeah. always kind of awful in, in October. Yeah, I heard Calipari talking the other day. He's like, yeah, we don't do any defense early in the season, and that's one of the reasons why it takes them some time to get going. They just don't have the time to work on it, and it takes them uh, the course of the season to really get locked in defensively. There was a great 30 for 30 with Calipari about the one and done, that he was one of the few guys to have embraced it. Yeah. And did you ever see that one? I did. I thought it was phenomenal that guys literally go there because they, they know their practice sessions are going to be the best that you can find in, in college basketball. Yeah. And how many times do we see their guys go to the pros and be really good? They've they yeah. had some immense talent over the years. Oh, Boogie Cousins and Tony, uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, uh, pl plenty of guys, but they're getting great practice. They're getting a guy who know, who's been in the NBA, who knows how to coach him up, and he understands what it is. It's one year and you're gone. I don't like the one and done, and I think they're going to change that to there's no one and done anymore. Yeah, Adam. I think so. It looks like we're headed back in that direction, which I can understand. You know, you. Anyone 
can do anything they want at the age of 18. Why are you restricting these athletes? If somebody is ready and look, it, it's going to fail. There are a lot of guys that go that really aren't ready and they get bad advice, but you know, that's kind of up to them. Just like anything in life, you should be allowed to make the decisions for yourself. Now in football though, you've got to do three years, right? Yeah. I, I like the three-year rule. I do because I think kids get better in college. I do respect the fact that these kids can't afford college and their parents are struggling and they need to work, but I don't think they're ready. I mean, I, for every one Kevin Garnett, there's five guys who suck. Yeah, it's a big adjustment, and I think even Darius Miles wrote a good piece a uh, couple months ago, I believe, and just talked about how he wasn't ready and it was just like, being, you know, having that money, being out on the road, and just it, it, he wasn't ready for it. I know these guys are not big enough. They're skinny. That they, they, you get you, you you haven't worked out. And honestly, they're not great shooters. They're not a developed player. And and I would just say to these kids, and it's almost like I'll, I'll compare it to football. Remember the old days where quarterbacks used to sit for three, four years, yeah. and, and and now they get thrown in. They're not nearly as good now. For for every one Baker Mayfield, there's ten Josh Rosens. I think guys need to sit, go to Duke, play at Duke, get big, get strong, learn from Coach K, then come to the pros, and you'll be a better pro. I understand that, but if if your kid had an opportunity to get guaranteed millions, what would you do? Honestly, I don't know. Let's, I'll tell you why. Because part of me would think, "Give me, dude, support you, me and mom right now. Right? right. We, we need the money right now. <laughs> I don't Get know it, how many. Hook us up right now. <laughs> and then the other part of me would be like, for your long-term future, I, don't, I think I'm, I'm doing you a disservice if I send you in now. Yeah, it's tough, though. When that money is sitting there in front of you and you're staring at a multi-million dollar contract, you're like... But I blame mm. the agents. I blame the agents because the agents feed you with crap. Oh, yeah, you're really, you're going to be great. You're, you're going to be a, sec- a first-round pick. Then the kid goes number 48, and he ends up in, like, Turkey for three years. Yeah, I mean, we've seen situations like that. It's, it's tough, uh, and you really have to have a good support system uh, for people that believe in you, and it has messed up a lot of kids over the years. Uh, like, uh, you know, I'm, so Sebastian Telfair was a guy who went yeah. straight from high school to the pros. He was an undersized guard, probably about 5'11", and he obviously did not have a great career, but not a uh, great shooter at all, Adam. But you know, he's made about uh, twenty, twenty-three million in his career. I know, but let's. Can I be honest with you? He could have made one hundred and twenty-three million if he went to college for three years. I really I don't know do. About that. I think they could have fixed his game. I think they could have fixed his game. His game was terrible. It was not pro ready. He got contracts because people read about him and they thought there was upside. He was a crappy shooter. Okay, but as bad as the decision he made, he still came away with $20 million in his career. So if I said, Sebastian, would you rather $20 million? If I go to a kid in the hood and I say $20 million now for the rest of your life or $200 million if you wait three oh, come years. Come on, man. I mean, you, there's no guarantee he was getting $200 million. He might, he might have just He was a small guard. He was never a great high school shooter. He was more of a distributor. He had great court vision. So there's great no guarantee. Vision. There's no guarantee that he would have made that money, even if he went one year of college. Well, I don't know if that would have made a difference. No, and I'm saying I don't like one year in college. I don't think one year is enough. I think they need to get skills. I think three. Look, I remember the day where they had to do two years in school, right? Isaiah Thomas came out as a sophomore. I would even encourage three years. These kids come out. Here's my problem. These kids get drafted. 
They get bad info. Oh, you're going to go in the first round. They go pick number 46. Now you go to Turkey to play basketball, right? You're out in the middle of nowhere. You, don't, you speak English. Nobody else there does. You never come back to the NBA. You're stuck in the middle of Europe. And with what, what kind of life is that? I think the kids should be allowed to make the decision. If it's a bad one, that's life, right? We all make decisions. We all turn down jobs, take jobs that we don't like. It's part of life. So 17-year-olds don't have the brains 18. to make the right decision. They don't have the right brains to make oh, the right so, decisions. But then a year later, they do? What no. Change? One year? I think 20, you do. I think at 20, you do. But they can vote. It's fine to vote, but they can't make a decision on their career? Well, look, no. I, look I, I, we can get into that whole argument. I don't think— People can you, have kids at 15, 16. I agree, but you can't drink until you're 21. That's ridiculous, too, so let's make one for everything. I can get shot in the Army at 18, but I can't drink. So a college graduate is real smart could come out and get offered a job by a big company for 150000 They could take that and not go to school, but a basketball player can't make the decision to go pro? They're not allowed to? I don't see how that makes sense. Let people make decisions. No, Just same thing like, with sports gambling. Right. If they right? regret it, they regret it. I guess you're right. No, I mean, I mean look, I, I get your argument. Your argument makes sense. I don't have to like it, but I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying I, I wish other kids could. Look at William Avery. Do you know that guy played for Duke? Yeah. Came out after his first year. Ever hear where he's playing now? He's probably playing in Czechoslovakia. But, you know, the, I think the, the thing is, though, a lot of these guys were never going to be good in the pros anyway. I don't it's agree. Very- See, that's my argument. I think if they hit William Avery stays at Duke for three years with Coach K, he gets better. You leave after one year, and Coach K, he says, Coach, I'm leaving. What does Coach K say? Don't. The guy goes, I, I come from a, pro, pro, a poor family. So the guy goes out, and he gets a contract at the NBA, and he gets cut, and he's done. Well, if he gets his money and that's a decision made, I have no, there's no problem with it. I know, but it's, it, to me, there's the, that impulsivity of it. I'll make $14 million. There's a whole thing that they say about kids, and there's a, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to screw this up. If you say to a kid, do you want one marshmallow now, or you could wait 10 minutes and get two marshmallows, something like 85% of kids take the first marshmallow. They want the one right now. Give it to me right now. 15%, the thoughtful ones, wait, and they get two 10 minutes later. Yeah, I, I don't know. That comparison seems kind of ill-conceived because you're talking 10 minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but hey, you're I'll, a baby. A baby wants a marshmallow now. Give me yeah, now. Yeah, I'll now. wait 10 minutes, but when you're talking about NBA No, but that's your, that's, your, that's your 40-year-old you're, brain saying that. Or right, still, and, and, this is, and this is your you know, old, years old of experience brain. <laughs> old brain. Say, talking about these decisions. You know, we... I, we're all different at 18, 19, and a lot of it does come from the circle. It, you know, it's not even just the ages. you got to have the parents and the family making the decision. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of that times they are probably saying, hey, take the money because they want to cut too. So right. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's self-interested, right? The agents are self-interested. The friends are self-interested. The parents are certainly. Uncle Joe is self-interested. Everybody wants a piece of what they get. But I just think you're not as great – you, you, you haven't worked on your game, and there's a lot of bad basketball out there right now, Adam. There really is. Well, These I guys think, don't know how to play right. I think the epitome of this example is probably Lenny Cook. I don't know if you're familiar with his story, but no, he me. was actually ranked higher than LeBron and Carmelo, and uh, he just got screwed, uh, and he was ruled academically ineligible, uh, and it just everything fell apart for him. Wow. You know, he was. He, they thought he would be drafted. It never happened. And uh, yeah, he's a kid from the New York, New Jersey area. Why didn't he get drafted? Well, he had. He didn't even um, 
he wasn't eligible for college. <laughs> and then uh, an agent promised that, you know, a bunch of teams were considering drafting him in the first round if he was available. So he chose to bypass college and said he was eligible for the 2002 draft. And that ended his eligibility to play college basketball. And he was never drafted. Wow. I mean, there's something about what LeVar Ball was trying to do that I respect. I really do. I don't like him, but I like the concept of let's start a pro league somewhere, uh, like a minor league so kids can play and get paid as opposed to going to college where they don't get paid. And and that's partly it. What I really would say, you know what? I could fix this in two seconds, and I think they're working on this now, Adam. College players should get paid. If they did, they'd go to college, they'd work on their game, they'd get some money, and then they could afford to wait around. But they can't now because they don't get paid. The schools get paid, but these kids don't. Well, some of them do. We just don't know about it. But Zion Williamson? I mean, look, how much money is that dude bringing to Duke? How much money did Johnny Manziel bring to Texas A&M? Texas A&M's applications went up double with Johnny Manziel there. Yeah, I'm interested to see if it ever happens in our lifetime if these kids get paid. I, I think they're working on it. There's something that I read where they're working on it. And I, I think it's very important. And look, these kids have no money. How do you ask a kid from the projects to go to, go to college and pay for his books? You're not going to even read the books. Come on. I mean, that's not. They should give this kid a stipend. Give the guy 500 bucks a month. Maybe give him a reason to go to his class. I don't blame him if he didn't want to go to class. Well, if the kid knows he's only going to be there a year or two, then there's a little incentive. I know people argue, well, they're getting a, a full-ride scholarship, which, which costs X amount of dollars. But right. for Meaningless a lot of, to them. Well, it depends on the kid. I mean, if he, you know, there's some of these kids that are not even going to sniff the pros. Right. Oh, no, right, right, right. That's true. But, I mean, there are some kids who can't sniff the classroom either. They're only going there to play a sport. Yeah. They have it, no intention of getting a degree. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine line there with that argument, uh, which has been going on now for years and obviously intensifying because they do generate so much money. And this is the perfect example this week, March Madness, how much oh. interest, gambling, the brackets, it's just everything. Jerseys. I mean, and, and, and I know, do you know how much it costs to apply to college, to a certain college now, Adam? Uh, I don't. I have not been in that give me a, give me a, give me a Give me a number. Give me An a number. application? Yeah. So University of Miami, give me a number. Mm, 300. All right, eight, all right, easy. There. 80 bucks. Oh, okay. About 80, bu- 80 bucks. <laughs> the way you phrased it, I thought it was higher. I was about to say 500. All right, 80, 80 bucks. bucks. But, that, but now imagine you're getting you're 20. Doing... Th- yeah, so you're getting 20. Well, you, I don't think you should apply for 20. You should probably apply for five. No, but you're missing, no, I'm saying you're getting 20,000 applications, right? Because and floor, FGCU is a prime example. Dunk City, nobody knew FGCU until March Madness, Dunk City, and their applications spiked. So now you're charging, let's say, 50 bucks an application, and you're getting another 10,000 applicants that nobody even knew about your school before you won a couple of games on TV. Yeah, no, they generate a ton of revenue, and obviously the exposure in the tournament is big, especially for these. That's why it's so big for these mid-majors, just to get one game and and get that exposure. Even the games today and tomorrow with the playing games, I mean, it's big for those schools. St. John's. I well, I'd much no, no offense to St. John's, by the way, and a good job by Chris Mullen. I'd much rather a school like UNC Greensboro get in than St. John's because Greensboro needs the people. St. John's are going to get people applying no matter what. A UNC Greensboro, if they win one game, oh my God, everybody goes crazy there. Yeah, that's uh, it's big for these schools. They get a lot of exposure. So I don't know, and I think the football kids need to get paid. I think they all need to. The problem is though that women want to get paid. 
And right, and then do I pay wrestling the same? Do I pay as football? Do we all get paid the same? That's really the uh, the mess. Yeah, and then you have to say, well, this team, this sport generates X amount of revenue, and that's why. But then it becomes, well, the football guys get X money, and the uh, you know the gymnastics guys get Y. That's not fair. Now I'm going to go sue. Everybody's always suing Adam. You know that, right? Well, last I checked, I haven't really seen many gymnastics, volleyball jerseys, or big crowds. But hey, what do I know? Maybe, maybe there, maybe there is. I will tell you. You know what? I'm going to tell you a quick story about this when we come back because I think you might appreciate this. It's one that you'll understand why the big sports are what they are. We're Scal Fantasy Sports. I'm Dr. Roto. He's Adam Ronis, and we'll be back with you right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be. So we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The Morning After. If you think about basketball in the state of New Mexico, this New Mexico program's really, really come together over the past couple of years, even producing NBA talent. I've always been familiar with New Mexico State because they recruit out of Toronto and Canada a lot. Siakam is, is Canadian from Ontario. Remember the big monster guys they had, Julio, the Bular guys? I don't know why they're not wrestlers now. Like, they look like Andre the Giant. But this is a hell of a program they put together. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, guys, once you're done drafting your season-long fantasy baseball teams and the MLB season gets underway, it's time to swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com, who is looking to make someone their eighth millionaire winner. That's pretty awesome. If you're playing MLB DFS on DraftKings or FanDuel, let Daily Roto help you hit a home run. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package is now live with lineup alerts and weather updates, fantasy projections, and millionaire-creating lineup optimizers. Save 10% on winning MLB DFS advice with an early bird special using promo code FNTSY. That's a 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% early bird discount today. All right, Adam, so here's the story. So years ago, I think you know I used to teach at a 
private school in New York City. And I coached the girls' volleyball team. And the girls had like the jerseys from like 27 years ago, right? They were disgusting. Meanwhile, the boys' basketball team, because we didn't have a football team, the boys' basketball team every year had new jerseys with new warm-up suits and new everything, right? As you'd imagine, because obviously, you know, the head of the school loved basketball. So I say to the head of the school, I go, look, you know, the girls have come to me. I say, we need some new jerseys. Ours are kind of looking a little uh, old. And he's like, all right, I'll tell you what. I'll pay for half the jerseys if you guys raise the other half. So we literally had to have bake sales every week. You know, the girls would go buy Entenmann's cookies, right, and sell each one for a dollar to try to raise money. And then when we, when we raised half the money, I kid you not, this is a true story. I go to the guy, I go, well, we raised half the money. He goes, what are you talking about? I'm not paying for them. I said, you said you were going to pay for them. So finally, after I guilt him into it, he pays for him. But that's what it is. Sometimes there is such an inequity between the sports that people care about and know about and like and the other sports, quote unquote, that it's a big problem. Not it is in, you know, I saw it too covering high school sports. Uh, so it definitely is an issue. And I think that is going to be the one big problem uh, if they do decide to pay. You're going to get some of those other sports that are going to be upset. I read an amazing article um, yesterday on The Athletic, in The Athletic. And it was about from uh, Emily Walden. I don't know if you read it about the minor leaguers who have so little money that they sometimes they have to quit because they can't afford to play anymore. Did you read that? I didn't, but I know they get paid garbage. Oh my dude, if you read if you read this, these guys are sleeping on the bus because they can't find a spot. They can't even some guy was sleeping in the toilet in the bus bathroom. I mean, they don't even, they have no place to go. They get no money. Guys in spring training. These are guys that you're watching now in spring tra- training, right? If they're not signed to contracts, they get breakfast and lunches covered at the clubhouse and they get like a $20 stipend for dinner and they don't get paid during this during spring training. Could you imagine trying to make the Boston Red Sox and you get 20 bucks a day? How how's your family live? Yeah, it's rough. I mean, and that's what people think. It's all glorious, even if you're in the minor leagues, and it's really not. It is very rough, and there are some guys who are in the minor league system for years, so uh, it's not easy, and obviously people have to sacrifice to chase a dream, and I think that's one of the things that's going to come up in the collective bargaining agreement, the treatment of the minor league players. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like AAA guys get maybe – 16,000 double A guys get like 14,000 and single A guys get like 11,000 a year. They were talking about people staying in homes for for people in the minor leagues like sharing living on some lady's couch and this lady was cooking dinner and they brought like a bunch of guys from the team there because they hadn't had a home cooked meal. And then you're asking and I think this is a, is a larger question. You know how we always talk about these guys are, are on better diets. Well, in the minor leagues, these guys are eating Burger King and McDonald's for dinner so it's all they can afford. Yeah, it's a it's a big problem and imagine when they're playing in cities where it's a lot more expensive. Uh, how more difficult that is. Right. I mean, you need fuel for your body, and you're eating Chick-fil-A, and that's like gourmet. I mean, how are you expected to go out and, and play well? So I don't know. I think it's a real big problem, and I don't know. Do you think that the collective bargaining agreement can solve it? I don't think these guys are going to get that much more. I don't know, but hopefully they can at least have a step in the right direction because it's not working right now. All right. So let's talk about some uh, news here. Um, Michael Fulmer recommended for Tommy John surgery. I mean, the Detroit Tigers were bad, but now without their number one starter, Adam, it's ugly. Yeah, Fulmer was someone that I was not drafting anyway. I was just concerned about him going into the year, not that he was going very high in drafts, but 
seemed like over the last few weeks there was definitely an issue with him as he was shut down and we get the news confirming that he is out so yeah the tigers not going to be very good i do think they have some good pieces on offense but definitely some questions here on the pitching staff and uh fulmer was acquired in that cespedes deal and uh, he was terrible last year i had a 469 era uh showed flashes in 2016 2017 but looks like he's going to miss the year all right, and Brad Peacock looks like he's the leading candidate to get in the Astros rotation. So let, let me ask you this, because I think this is kind of critical here. I want to look at this carefully. Um, the Astros rotation, as we know, it is Verlander, Cole for sure, right? Then we assume a healthy McHugh, Wade Miley, and Brad Peacock, if that's the case. I, we all still love Josh James's arm. We love Forrest Whitley. How do the, we? I mean, that sometime, though, at some point this year, those two guys, their ability is undeniable. Which two guys are going to be out of this rotation? I think it'll be shuffling in and out, and you're going to see a lot of teams do that. I think the Dodgers are the perfect example. So uh, I think McHugh has a good shot to stick in it if he's healthy. I know he was not good in his last performance, and he's been dealing with a back issue, but McHugh has excelled as a starter before. He was very good out of the bullpen last year. Same thing with Brad Peacock. We've seen him at times have good stuff. I think Wade Miley obviously has something to prove early on. And he was solid last year. Didn't get the strikeouts, but very interested to see what he can do with Houston. Have taken him in the last round of a draft or two just to see what he does early on because he will get the shot to start in a rotation. But clearly, if he has two, three bad starts and Josh James is ramping up in the bullpen, you could see him. You'll definitely see Whitley at some point. Uh, this could also be a team that goes out and maybe trades for an arm. So I think it's going to be very fluid, but I don't mind drafting Peacock. I don't dra mind drafting McHugh, even Miley in the last round, knowing that uh, with Miley, the, the leash could be short. So uh, whatever, whoever is on the mound for the Astros, you have to have interest. They've done a really good job with their pitching staff over the years. So uh, I'm, st I'm still drafting Peacock and McHugh. Miley, I might take a shot in the final rounds, knowing that the leash is short. Uh, Josh James, I would consider late. And obviously, Forrest Whitley is a guy that has to be a deeper format where you have the bench room to stash him. All right, let me ask you this. Does it worry you, let's just say McHugh and Peacock uh, they are pitching well, but you know you want these guys to last the whole year and you know that they can, so they do the injured list stint as, as teams want to do. Does it worry you that James and Whitley, especially James, goes from the bullpen to the rotation to the bullpen. you got to build his arm strength. I mean, does that ever bother you about guys like that? No, I think James was initially, they were hoping he would be in the rotation to start the year, but he had that quad injury that set him back. So I think you're going to see this with a lot of teams, and we have to change our expectations of what pitchers are going to give us. I mean, 150 innings now, even 120. I mean, we're looking at Chris Paddock a lot. He might only give us 120, but if they're 120 great innings, who cares? You know, you're going to be constantly shuffling your rotation in fantasy baseball. There's no way you're just going to go through the year with the same guys. It doesn't work like that anymore. So it takes a little bit more management. And especially the, the top teams, you're going to see this quite a bit. We saw it a lot with the Dodgers last year, but yet a lot of their starters provided excellent value. And you might see it with Houston this year as well. And they were fortunate. They were one of the few teams last year where basically they had – almost the five starters the whole year. I think Morton got hurt for a bit late in the year. I don't remember if he made a trip to the DL, but they pretty much were healthy the entire year. That's not going to happen in consecutive years. 
I mean, I feel that way about Julio Urias for, for the Dodgers. I mean, maybe he only gets 100 innings, but they're going to be 100 really good innings, so I have no problem drafting that guy. Yeah, I like Stripling on that team. Uh, it looks like he's going to start the year in the rotation as well. Uh, they've already said Clayton Kershaw will not be ready for opening day, so Stripling is a guy with excellent skills and was tremendous last year, and uh, his price might go up just a little bit now with some of this news, but he's a guy that I've been uh, taking quite a bit. All right, the Yankees signed Gio Gonzalez to a $3 million deal. I don't hate that for the Yankees, with one exception. I, I love Domingo Herman and Luis Iga, I, I think, but I don't know whether those guys can throw more than 100 innings. Do, are the Yankees just signing a Gio Gonzalez for the exact same reason that we're talking about here? Let me just get a bunch of guys who can throw 80 to 120 innings, and we'll see where the chips fall. I don't know why they did it. I hate it for them. Uh, I'd rather give these young arms a shot. I like Herman. Luis Sessa had another great outing today. Lois Sega. You're going to get Sabathia back mid-April. Severino is going to start throwing, and the timetable now is May 1st. We'll see about that. But they have a great bullpen. I don't know why they went out and signed Gio Gonzalez. And I know, I guess, he has until April 20th uh, to make a decision. Uh, if, if they don't call him up, I guess he could... Uh, opt out, but he's not going to be ready for the start of the season, and he's been trending downward. I mean, he he looked bad last year. I know the final numbers, you know, four two one ERA is not that bad, but he's always been a guy that has had problems with the walks, and the walk rate has gotten worse each year. His WHIP has been high. He put a lot of guys on base last year. I I don't like this signing for the Yankees. Uh, I, I'm not drafting him. I'd rather take a shot on the other young guys. Yeah, I'm not drafting him either. Let me ask you about Dakota Hudson. Looks like he's probably going to be the fifth starter for the Cardinals. Uh, good pitcher, has some very good minor league numbers, except not a big strikeout pitcher. And I worry too many walks, not enough strikeouts. I'm relying on a lot of wins. That's a problem here. Yeah, and he's competing for the fifth spot with John Gant, and Dakota's had a very good spring, another good outing yesterday, five scoreless innings, eight Ks. So you would think he's the leading contender, but also the leash could be short as well. You still have Alex Reyes in the mix. You got Carlos Martinez. We'll see when he can return and what his role will be. Uh, they got Austin Gomber, Ponce de Leon in the minors. So there's a lot of arms here. So I think the leash could be short. He's 24 years old, and he was a first-round pick. But it is disturbing that the lack of strikeouts that he's had at the minor league level, that's something I want to see if it changes. So he's someone... I think to monitor early on, I don't mind taking a shot on him in the reserve rounds, round 28, 29, 30. I think, uh, I think in my NFBC auction the other day, I think Matt Modica took him in the final reserve round. So, you know, always worth taking a shot on a pitcher like that on a good team just to see if it can stick and if he's made any changes. And if it looks bad early on, he's an easy cut. All right, Byron Buxton had his 87th home run of the spring, Adam. He's also stolen 50 bases. Uh, do you think he will be drafted in the first eight rounds and most drafts this weekend? I don't think the first eight rounds. I got him in both my auctions, uh, Thursday and Sunday. Uh, How much did yet, you pay in both leagues? Uh, 12 in the NFBC and 13 in the Thursday league. So, Were you and Brian happy about paying 12? Did you feel that was fair? Did you feel like that was on the high end? No, I think that's fair. Uh, and he was a good fit for our team. We had a ton of power. We used. We needed some speed. Uh, Buxton's had a great spring. He's put on 21 pounds of muscle, and he hasn't been striking out that much either. He's probably going to start the year hitting at the bottom of the order. It looks like Max Kepler might lead off. He's been hitting a lot in the spring in the leadoff spot. 
and Baldelia's seems like he's happy with that. So I think they have to start Bucks at the bottom. You don't want to put pressure on him. Let him go out there and produce. Let him run a little bit. I think that's the biggest thing if you're drafting Buxton. You're not drafting him for a high average. You're hoping for some power, but really it's the stolen bases is what you're looking for, and then you're hoping everything else could pan out. So, uh, look, if he gives me 29 steals like he did in 2017, I'll be happy with that. Uh, but it, this guy has a, a big pedigree, and the, pr the price really hasn't risen as crazy as I thought it would. Uh, even in the drafts, I think I've seen him go around 9, 10. I can't remember where he went in the ultimate draft on Friday, but it's not crazy at this point. Um, and there are a lot of people who still doubt Buxton's ability to hit at the major league level, but I'm discounting last year. He was hurt. He got hurt in his rehab. Uh, so I'll take a shot for 12, 13 bucks in an auction. What's his... Is he a 20 home run, 20 stolen base guy? Is that is that the ceiling? Where, where do you see the ceiling this year? Well, I think the ceiling is 30 to 40 steals. He's already done 29 in 140 games in 2017. The power, I'm not sure because he added the muscle, the 21 pounds of muscle, and I think he's hoping that will keep him healthy because he's been banged up uh, quite a bit. So I think that's really where he's going to help. He's got to hit more fly balls in order for that power to really develop. Uh, he was at 38% two years ago. It's not too bad. Uh, and he just has to show more consistent hard contact. But, you know, I think 20 to 23 home runs is what you hope for. And you hope that he moves up the order. Because I don't see the Twins with a prototypical leadoff guy right now. And I know Buxton, he walks, but not a ton. But he's a guy with speed that maybe can spark the offense if he can get a, a chance to move up top. Even Max Kepler's not the prototypical leadoff guy. He does have a good eye at the plate and draw walks. I thought it might have been Jorge Polanco. They just don't have the ideal leadoff guy. So I think if Buxton can show the ability to get on base consistently, there is a shot that he can move to the top of that order. I like the Twins. I think they have a lot. I mean, I know we think Rosario could have a really big year. I think Kepler could have a really nice year. I think there's a lot to be said for this team. I like it a lot. I think this offense is really good. Uh, I think they do have some questions on the pitching side, but I think they're going to compete for the division title with the Indians. We keep hearing rumors that the Indians are still talking to San Diego about moving a pitcher. So uh, I don't know what the Indians are doing right now. They didn't do much to upgrade the outfield. I know they signed Carlos Gonzalez, but I don't know if that's going to help much. But uh, I do like this Twins lineup with Polanco, Rosario, Cruz, Kepler, Scope. Uh, Buxton, they'll get Sano back. Uh, it's a very good lineup. And Barrios, I think, will have a great year. Uh, Gibson is going to be key. Can he improve? Pineda's the bull, had a nice spring. The bullpen's spring. good? The bullpen's good? Yeah, Pineda's had a good spring. Martin Perez got hammered the other day, but he's throwing 95. That's something to watch. And uh, I don't know if Trevor May's going to close, but I would like to see him get that shot. He was good last year when he returned, and they got Taylor Rogers, Blake Parker. So this is an interesting team. Uh, still think maybe there's a shot that they get Craig Kimbrell too, and that would really bolster the back end of their bullpen. I well, I listened to him, the um, the Twins GM. It didn't look that way. They, he said, "I'm not ruling anything out," but they weren't thinking about it. They want to try to get it with their current guys, and they do have a lot of guys that could get it done. But you know, in football this year, people asked which of the two teams that I thought would do well who had done poorly the year before, and I had said Indianapolis and the Bears. And this year in baseball, I'll answer that with the Twins and the Reds. I think the Twins and Reds could easily make the playoffs and have banner years this year. And if I had to go to Vegas tomorrow, Adam, I, I put a dollar on both of those guys. A dollar, that's it? 
All right, $2. I mean, the Twins weren't that bad that last show. They had 78 wins. Yeah, no, I think I, I would certainly put it, the tw- you know, 100 bucks down on the Twins and Reds and, and take my shot. I, I think both those teams are legit. They just need – I think the Reds need a pitcher, and I think the Twins need Kimbrell. They really need Kimbrell. I don't know if they really need him. If Trevor May is good, uh, then they'll be fine there. I mean, having a veteran presence is fine, and he has the experience. But I don't know if they really need him. I think they're going to need some of that starting pitchers to to surprise. And they're going to need Pinedo or Perez, one of those guys, to step up and be solid. All right, who's coming up on hour number two, Adam? I have uh, Joe Pisapia from the Fantasy Black Book coming up at 3.40 p.m. Eastern to talk about Tau Wars and points leagues, which he plays in quite a bit. All right, guys, this is Dr. Rosing. Be well and take care. Stay tuned for another hour of Scout Fantasy Sports back after this. <laughs> 